thank you, ladies, for that. Appreciate that. It's a great song. And uh, good evening, everyone. Good to see you all. Thanks for coming back. And uh, it's good to good to be in church. I love Sunday night. It's probably my favorite um, service of the week. And so glad to be here once again this evening. Uh, Brother Paul, I thought you were going to go as long as you could. That's how I interpreted that instruction. So I was ready to go. So if you wanted to, maybe later, let's see who can sing the longest. We can do that. But um, I was ready to go. And uh, I love, um, love singing and, and praising the Lord. Um, and, you know, I'm glad for people who, who just uh, enjoy that. And it's good to enjoy just, just giving praise to the Lord like that. And um, just reminding me a couple of the songs tonight, just reminded me about a couple of things. And uh, tonight we've got one of our interns at, at church is uh, preaching and just had it that throughout the month of May on the Sunday evenings, um, four of our interns just were preaching on Sunday nights on thankfulness. And so it just reminded me about a couple of other guys that, that were coming up when, um, when I, I was in the youth ministry and training a couple of guys for, um, for, for preaching and so forth. And a particular fella, um, he, he just was a, he was a fairly confident guy. And so he asked me, I said, look, you're going to be preaching Sunday night. And so he asked me, hey, I'm going to do an illustration, and it's, um, it's a song. I said, yeah, that's great. And he goes, I'm going to sing it. And it was that song, Oh, Four Thousand Tongues to Sing. All right, and it's already, you know, it's a fairly tricky song. And so he, he you know, he, he starts out, and he's gone through his, his message, and it's the time for the illustration. And he starts to sing it. And I'll tell you what, you would never have recognized it. It, it, shouldn't, it wasn't, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. He sang in a thousand tongues. All right? It just, it was that bad. And, and it, just, it just totally ruined the message. Otherwise, it was fine. And I told him, I said, never sing again. Okay? Never sing again. And, um, and so, you know, I was reminded of that uh, this evening. But then the other song there, I Want That Mountain, and I want to I give you a, a story about that in a little while. But uh, we read Jeremiah chapter 18, um, and, and we read there a couple of verses about the potter and the clay. And, you know, it's just, it's, just, uh, it's just true that God wants to work in our lives. But it's also true that He does at times want to work in a group of people. Because if you look at the context of our Bible reading tonight in Jeremiah chapter 18, he wasn't actually speaking to one person in regard to being marred and remade again. He was actually speaking to the house of Israel. It's a group of people. And so he looks at this nation who, you know, is a chosen nation. He looks at them and he says, I'm going to be like that potter who's going to mar a vessel and I'm going to remake you again. And there will be times, you know, in the life of a group of people, such as a church, where he's just going to put you through a season of a little bit of remaking. And it's not really for any individual, it's for a group of people. And tonight I want to talk about this, this thought of, of being a compacted church. And if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, that was the other Bible reading tonight. If you could please turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And notice verses 11 and down to the end of the chapter, verse 16. Notice here in verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, 
till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things which is the head, even Christ. And notice verse 16, and, and all of that is, is to, to, for the maturing of the believers. He's really speaking about the fact that he's given the church certain giftings, that, and including in that as a pastor and teacher for, 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 for grow, growth and, and edification. And he says in verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, and notice this word, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I want you to note that word compacted. He's saying as part of the church's journey and growth, there's going to be times where there's going to be some compacting. There'll be times where, where just like you would probably when you're filling up a, um, some sort of container, where you're trying to fit as much in, you're, you're doing something, you're, you're shaking it up a little bit. You're, 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 you're tapping it so that you're getting all of the air pockets out of the way and you're trying to fill it as best as you can. That's compacting. And, and you know, as a church, you, you understand that your, God's purpose in the church is, is to get the most out of you. God wants this church to be as fruitful as fruitful it can be. That, that, that is God's mindset. And, and in order to do that, he, he provides things. He provides those who will teach and those who will teach doctrine, those who will, uh, who will uh, challenge you about your faith. But then as part of that, something that we don't often like is this pressure. You're going to be placed in, a, in situations where there's going to be a bit of compacting as a church. And, and, and it might, even as the potter works on that clay, it might mean some marring, but it also will mean some remaking. It, it'll mean that there's going to be some pressure times that you're going to uh, go through together as a group of people. And, and that's very much part of God's plan. And it reminds me of the story that I was referring to earlier. A couple of years ago, I was able to go to the Philippines, and we have a lot of members from there. And so one of our men who had been single for a long time, and this, for, for those of you who have been single for a long time, this ought to give you hope, all right? But he got married eventually at the age, ripe old age of 40, right? And he finally got married, met a great lady, and they're still part of our church. And so we went over there. My, my daughter and I, uh, Vicky, uh, was the flower girl probably for the, I don't know, 12th time. All right. She, she nearly did up business cards because she was that, you know. I thought, well, let's start charging. There's a, there's a, there's a market for this. But um, we went over there, and she was a flower girl and all of that. We were enjoying the time. The wedding went well. And the next day, there was, a, there was probably about 30 of our church members who went along to this wedding. So the next day, they said, hey, the wedding's done. Let's go on a road trip. And I, I'd, I'd never been, if I have, I, I don't remember. I'd never been to that, really, that area. And so I said, yeah, let's do it, you know, as a church. It'll be fun. And I said, what, what are we going to do for vehicles? And they said, oh, we're going to hire a jeepney, all right? So 
For those of you who don't know what that is, it's just a, it's just a, it's a long vehicle that's, that's fairly open. But I said, look, it's hot. Can we get an air-conditioned one? Can we keep it enclosed? And in fact, let's get two because our group won't fit. Typically, a, a typical jeepney holds about 15. There was about 30 of us. And I said, hey, let's, let's get two vehicles. And so, you know, looking forward to it. We're going to just go sightseeing and as a church, just, you know, whoever was there, spend the time together. And we went on this journey, and, and um, that morning, um, when I arrived at the meeting point, there was only one vehicle. And I said, there's, there's 30 of us, we need two vehicles. And, and they said, well, we, we ordered two, but we figured, let's just save money, and let's just take one vehicle. And I'm looking at them like, I said two vehicles. You know, I, I was happy to pay for one <laughs> And they were like, no, let's save money. Okay. So we got in and, and 30 people into a 15-seater vehicle does not fit. And then Philippines, being a tropical nation, it was hot and the air conditioning was not coping. And so it was an hour away. So I thought, well, it's just an hour away. I mean, we can, we can have, enjoy some close fellowship. <laughs> and it was, it was that close where when, when we turned, the, the person sitting across us, our knees bumped. And so we're traveling an hour away. Okay, fine. We got to the place, and it was a nice little resort. Went, went swimming, all of that. And then one of, one of them had the great idea. They said, hey, let's, let's go over to our relative's place. And I'm starving, all right? And, and you know, men, when you're hungry and you're already hot, that's not a good recipe for righteous living. <laughs> so there I was, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be spiritual. So guys, let if that's what you'd like to do, let's do that. And so they, they said, oh, well, the, you know, the, the driver knows the way, he's fine. So we sat there, and I said, how long is this trip? They said, oh, it's, it's only an hour away. So I'm going, okay, and this is the afternoon now. It's still about, I don't know, 36 degrees. And it was humid. And so we're sitting there, and again, you know, it's awkward. There's all these people. And by that time, he had gone swimming, so everyone was tired and sweaty. You fill in the blanks, all right? And so we were there, and again, every turn, bump knees. I'm going, you can't be serious. And we're just, and then I started, started to suddenly realize, after an hour, we weren't, we weren't stopping. I said, hey, isn't this an hour? They said, oh, no, no, the driver, uh, he missed the turn. And I said, you missed the turn? I, th I thought you said that he knew. He'd, and he goes, okay, well, let's keep going. Two hours passed. We were nowhere near. He was lost. He just didn't admit it, but he was lost. <laughs> and so four hours, and, and suddenly I realized, and we passed the same mountain about three times. <laughs> and I'm going, does this guy know how to get there? And, and they're going, no, no, he knows how to get there. No, he doesn't. You know, I'm just like, he doesn't know how to get there. And right there, we were all just squished in, and we had told every story under the sun. You know, we're trying to stay away from each other, stop ourselves bumping knees. It was really awkward. And then one lady, bless her heart, goes, hey, pastor, let's sing that song. I want that mountain. I go, no, I don't want that mountain. <laughs> Get me there. And eventually we got there 8 o'clock at night. And we got there, and I feel, I feel so bad. We got there, and they had no food. They thought we were going to bring food, and it was a right royal mess. He had 30 Baptists who loved to eat, <laughs> sweating, 
compacted. But you know what? It's a memory we share. It's something we look at and we go, hey, remember that time? And you know, it wasn't funny then, but it's funny now. And what I'm saying is in, in, your, in the journey of this church, there's going to be times of compacting. There's going to be times where by virtue of pressures that God allows, He's going to bring you and draw you closer together. And you know what that's going to produce? A stronger church. You know, when you look at, um, you, you've ever dug a hole and you need to fill it back in, what do you do when you want to make sure that ground is steady? Well, you, you stamp on it. You, you compact it. Why? Because you want to make sure that anyone passing over that, that hole that you dug and you had to fill back in won't fall in. You, you want that to be steady and strong. And, and, and God, in his meaning of 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 bringing the church forward to his intended use will sometimes bring you to pressure situations. And what it is, it's just his compacting. And, and you might feel a little bit uncomfortable. You're going to feel a little bit, he's getting into my personal space. You're going to feel a little bit of that close fellowship. There's going to be things that just come out because of, by virtue of that fact of the pressure and you're going to have to just make some decisions about what it is God's doing in your life. And, and God's purpose for the church here is, is that, that, you know, as he, he has formed us and He has brought you together, just like that time where we're in the car, it, it's going to be times where it's going to cause you to really get to know each other. It's going to be times where it it'll, might even cost you a bit of comfort and ease. Your, your betterment, though, will be dependent on the, the commitment that each and every one of you have for the Lord, but for one another. And, and really, as God allows and at times designs pressure situations and pressure times and seasons to bring you closer together, as He brings us trials and, and testing to, to draw, uh, draw the, the church closer together, uh, we have to understand that that's part of the process. Because at the end of the day, you actually want a compacted church. At the end of the day, you, you want to make sure that all of the parts are in their place. At the end of the day, you don't want there to be just a, a looseness about what we're doing for the Lord. We want to be drawn closer together. And, and the result the result should be a church that is drawn closer to the Lord and closer to one another. You know what that is? It's a bit of remaking. And what's it going to take? What's it going to take for you to become a compacted church? What's your responsibility in all of this? And I want to just tell you a couple of things tonight. Firstly, look at, again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. He says here, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. That, that word fitly simply means appropriately or suitably. It's a picture of a, of a piece of a puzzle that makes the whole complete. And here's the thing that, uh, the first thing I want to bring out. You, you, need to be, you need to be convinced of your belonging. You need to be convinced of your belonging. Do you fit here? Is this your church? Is this the group of people that God has called you to and led you to to be part of? 
Because you've got to understand, at the end of the day, that's God's decision. And it's simply when we come to a place that we call the church family, it's because God placed us there. See, the basis of our compacting is really this, is the assumption that God wants you there. That God has woven you into this church family that he calls Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, the Bible simply says this, But now God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. It's not to please us. It's to please him. And so God is the one that will form and join people together, but we have the responsibility to seek him about that. And, and so if you believe you belong, what happens when, uh, when, when compacting and, and pressures come? There's all of those situations that can be a little bit uncomfortable. You know, changes. You've got to decide and be convinced of that you belong. You've got to decide that in the Lord. And there's a lot of good things about being convinced. It's called conviction. Is it your conviction by God's leading that you belong here? Someone said it this way, commitment is doing the thing you said you'd do long after the feeling you said it in has left you. You know, when we enter into something new, there's certain feelings about it. That, that actually, it, it lends itself to a sense of belonging eventually. But you know, when changes happen and, and things start to, to become, like we spoke about this morning, a little bit different to our expectation, that's actually when commitment truly counts. That's when you, you, you know that you've truly decided that you belong. And God didn't bring you to this place in the first place to make it all about you or I. It's actually about His work. And a compacted church understands that their belonging is based on God's leading, not actually their feelings. And so I want to ask you, do you belong? Is this your church? And it's been, a, it's been a joyful thing for me as I've spoken to a couple of you and we've sat down to, to hear you say, I love my church. That is a good thing. And, and so if we're going to go through, if you're going to go through compacting, you need to be convinced of your belonging. You need to understand that you're part of this, this uh, the constitution of this church. But then really, secondly, you're going to have to care for one another. You're going to have to care for one another. Notice in verse 16 again, he says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. You know, you're, there's, there's a certain responsibility that you have where every joint is meant to supply. You know, you are in, in your joining dependent on each other for your success. As you focus on Christ, as you focus on the fact that that, that, uh, that his, his intention for the church is a continual growing and a continual, as was mentioned this morning, the stretching. As, as God allows pressures to, to bring you closer together, to take up a bit of the load, to take up a bit of, a bit of the slack, I understand that actually that's God's process for it. But that's only going to happen and it's only going to be effective if you truly care for one another. Do you care? If someone's struggling and if someone's going through a bit of a, 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 bit of a hurt about the situation, do you, do you reach out and do you care? Do you reach out and do you supply 
the need that is needful in that situation. You know, schisms don't help. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 really quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And notice verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. We read verse 18. Look at verses 20 to 21. But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So you understand the picture that God's giving here about the church. It says in verse 25 that there should be no schism in the body. What that is, it's separating. It's division. But that the members should have the same, notice this, care. Same care one for another. It says, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And so he's warning against that, actually. He's saying, you need to care. You need to care during this time of, of pressures to understand that, that people will go through this in a myriad of ways. And you're going to have to care enough to reach out. And he, he really gives some instruction about that and, and how we do that. And firstly, go back again, Ephesians chapter 4. And he says in verses 1 to 6, says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And notice the, the attitude that, that really extends the care. He says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, and here's the word, forbearing one another in love. He says, endeavoring. So he's saying, in, enduring, to, to keep, to ensure the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So he's saying there's, a, there's that forbearance that needs to happen in order for there to be a preservation of unity. And so we understand that, that really for that to happen, real care for, uh, to happen, you need to forbear. You need to forbear for unity's sake. You know, these joints, they're attachments that bring the body together. To forbear simply means to withhold, to be patient. To restrain from action. The, the illustration that comes to mind is when David found Saul in the cave and David forbade that situation. He didn't, he didn't take vengeance on Saul. He, he, he cut off the coat to say, hey, I was here, but I wouldn't touch God's anointed. And you know what that was? It was forbearance. He, he, he restrained himself from, from doing what he could. And, and really, that's underpinned by what we read there, the attitude of lowliness, meekness, and long-suffering. You know, um, you're going to go through some times as a church, you're going to have to make some decisions. And, you know, when you have a group of people that all have different minds, and, and really the hope is that we're all seeking the Lord, right? But you're gonna, there's going to be different perspectives and and. Honestly, at the end of the day, some opinions. And, and yes, as individuals, we have the right to speak up. But sometimes what is called for is some forbearance. You know, you, you might in the next, however many as uh, the Lord it leads you, you might present certain candidates. And you're going to have to make some decisions about that. If there's a fit. You have to make some decisions, and, and I'll tell you, having gone through it, 
there's times where you just can't, can't, can't really come to any consensus. <laughs> and you're going through some things that, that you know, are, are very important decisions that you need to make. And, and I'm telling you, sometimes you may not get your candidate. Then, extended to that, whoever the new person is to lead the church, they may eventually change some things. And you're going to have to decide, for the sake of the body in this precious situation, because I belong, I'm going to forbear. I'm going to have to preserve the unity. And I might have those, those things that are ruminating in my heart and my mind and and sh sure, there's, there's concerns, and you can share that. And, and yet, as a church, you're going to have to then realize that you're dealing with someone like you, someone who's fallen, someone who God has had to restore. And, and we're not perfect, and we have to forbear for unity's sake. And in 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9, the Bible says this, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are there unto called, that you should inherit a blessing. But he's saying be of one mind, but the underpinning way to do that is this, have compassion, love. You know what that is? It's care. And so if, we're gonna, if you're going to see that the church in this compacting situation, in these pressures, and, and you're, you're going to decide you belong, that's your conviction. That, that's where God has led you, and you have a, a strong conviction about that. Then you're going to need to, if you're going to uh, see this through, you're going to need to care. And the, the way to do that is you're going to need to forbear. But then secondly, I want to say, you need to stay attached to Christ. Because really, unity is when you're all looking at the same thing. To be more accurate, looking at the same person. You, you need to be looking at Christ. You need to be walking with Christ. You need to be uh, 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 abiding in Him. And it says there in, in verse 16, again, that every joint supplieth according to the effectual working. And so there has to be a working in your life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in, in Ephesians 3, 7, it says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. And listen, you're going to navigate through important decisions and Pressure situations without enlisting and, and, and craving the power of Christ in your life. You're going to need God's guidance. You're going to need God's mind. You're going to need to abide just like we know in John chapter 15. And our abiding in Christ, that's going to be so much more important during, during pressure situations. And really at the end of the day... To care means you're, you're going to take responsibility for the body. See, it's an edifying of itself in love. You know, no one else is responsible for Good Shepherd Baptist Church below Christ. No one else is responsible. You are responsible for Good Shepherd Baptist Church. God has given you the stewardship of this great work that God has mightily used for many, many years. And I don't want to add more pressure, but the reality is that if you're going to truly navigate through some compacting, it's going to require a great deep care that can only be fed by a strong walk with God. 
And you're going to have to take responsibility. You've got to build each other up. You're, you're going to need to use truth in love. You're going to need to use what you have to, in order to, uh, to supply the need. And, and, you know, already you've probably already noted that you've had to take a little bit more of a load on certain things. But that's your, your ability to supply that and praise God for that. And so the compacted church, you're going to need to, to just be convinced that you belong. You need to, to just take great care of one another. And the result of that compacting is really this. You, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a greater constancy in participation. In verse 16, again, according to the effectual working, and notice the next part, in, in the measure of every part. Everyone has a role to play. Everyone needs to, to contribute to the work of God. And, and the, the result of compacting is that there's a, there's a, there's a flow on, and, and that's what happens. You know, compacting actually results in more participation. When you go through what, you, what pressure situations God allows, it, it builds a stronger unit. You know, you ever wonder about uh, the, the army units that go into boot camp, and I've never been, you know, I've never been to boot camp. I've, I've, I know a lot of uh, others who have. But, you know, you, with your unit, you go, through, you, you go through hell and back, really. You, you go through pressure situations. You know what happens? That group then is readied for battle, but that group, they'll, they'll never forget their unit. They'll never forget what they went through and how God, how, how they went through that. And for a church, when you go through that, you'll never forget that those times. And you'll never forget how God galvanized the church to be able to rise up to the task and to be able to rise up to the situation. And you didn't know it, but God, God was compacting the church. And God was strengthening something that perhaps was already strong, but needed a little bit more strengthening for the next phase, the next season of, their, of, the, of the work. And see, compacting has a way of even at times purging parts that, that need to, to be uh, reassembled. That, that's the whole point of the, the potter. He was remaking the clay. And, and even individuals, we go through that. Peter had to be sifted to be able to be used to convert his brethren you know, uh, we go through those times so that it leads to a, a greater measure. And God in His compacting is bringing us, uh, bringing, bringing, uh, bringing you perhaps to a new level of commitment in service. And where do you fit in this body and do you actively do what you're fitted for? Because really right now, as you go through some pressure situations, as you decide as you, you, you decide that this is where you belong, then you need to look at, the, look at the situation God has placed before you and say, hey, I'm going to play my part. Hey, this might be the, the wake-up call that you need to say, hey, listen, I'm going to play my part. I'm not just going to sit in a pew. I'm, I'm going to be an active part of this local New Testament church. And then lastly, really what it comes down to, the result of it is that you become compelled to grow together. See, it maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The goal 
of your compacting is for, the, for growth and fruitfulness. You know what it'll produce? It'll produce three, three attitudes, I believe. Firstly, it'll produce a more fixed attitude. It's called greater commitment. You see, great works don't happen overnight. They happen over a period of time. It, God has a way of working in that. I remember I mentioned this morning, I think, that we went through uh, four pastoral transitions. And I'll be honest with you, probably the hardest one was the first one. Our church had only been two years. And, you know, I was 14 at the time. I didn't really understand everything, but I, I recall and as I talk to people now, but we didn't have a pastor. And again, this was our journey. This doesn't have to be your journey. God has a journey for you. But our journey was we didn't have a pastor for 10 months. We, we had a church of about 45 and 20 people left. When the new pastor came in, 20 people left. And... and we, we hadn't had a pastor for 10 months. But you know what happened in those 10 months? People got right with God. <laughs> people realized they had a part to play. And people got, got galvanized. It was compacting. And you know what happened over 10 months without a pastor? We saw people saved and ended up when the pastor came, although we lost 20, we still had 60 people. We won a lot of people in those 10 months. You know why? Because we just simply got right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, that that's your journey, but here's what I'm saying. That group of people who I call my church family, we will never forget that time. You know why? Because it was compacting. I'll tell you the most fervent prayer meetings we ever had was those 10 months. I'll tell you those times where those men who had some differences just cared for each other and reached out and, and, and forbear with some of those differences. You know, th those, those were the times where those happened. And then when the new pastor came, it was a bit of an adjustment. But you know what? The church was a lot stronger for it. And, and it's, it's amazing that when, when, when compacting comes, you become greater compressed on just grow. You, you have a, a greater fixed mindset. You get, you get focused on long-term and bigger picture commitment is, 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 is there. It's then proven in the measure of years. And, and you, you need to plan. Can I say, you need to plan to stick with it through the good and the bad. We say that about marriages. I understand that, that's, the, that's the, the picture that God has given. We, we, we do that for, for family, for education, for earthly goals. But I encourage you tonight have a fixed mindset about your commitment to your local church. You go through the compacting, you hold on. There was also an attitude of going forward. You've got to look forward at times, not back. And the Bible says in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then really at the end of it, there's fruitfulness. You have a fruitful mindset. And we've got to look at that, the, the, the process of compacting as fruit-bearing. The Bible says this in Proverbs 21.5, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you tonight. 
you know, you're going through this, this season. Stick with it. Keep going. Don't just now be on a holding pattern. Do as much as you can for the Lord even now. Even while you're waiting. Even as the Lord reveals His will for you as a church. Even as God brings you through some pressure situations. Keep going. Because at the end of the day, is this your church? I hope it is. And I hope that you were just determined to commit to each other through the compacting as God has designed that and desired that. You know, you, you might have some challenges up ahead. And I'm not saying that, that that's going to be the case. But you might go through some things. And I want to encourage you, would you look at that as, a, as an opportunity to draw closer together to the Lord? You know, you, you'll have opportunities to do that. And, and I hope that, that you would just have the mindset, even tonight, and, and, and as you steal your mind, that you belong. That this is your church. And that, that as God has given you the years and the, uh, the, the time that you've had here, that you just decide, you know, I'm in this. I'm in this for the sake of my kids. I'm in this for the sake of the Lord. I'm in this with my church. I like what this, this, uh, this author said. This is my church. It is composed of people just like me. It would, it would be friendly if I am. It will do a great work if I work. It will make generous gifts to, to others if I am generous. It will bring others into its fellowship if I bring them. Its seats will be filled if I fill them. It will be a church of loyalty and love, of faith and service. If I who make it what it is am filled with these, with God's help I dedicate myself to the task of being all these things I want my church to be. And so tonight, church, the, the, really the, the compacting season, it can bring some discomfort. It can bring a bit of pressure, and you're going to feel it a little bit. But you know what? That's part of God's process. And I just want to encourage you tonight, trust the Lord through it. Make the commitment. Stay strong in your walk with God. Stay strong in your desire to do more for Him. And trust God that He'll bring you to the next point in your, in your history, in your journey. And I believe that God will greatly use you as you trust Him and as you follow Him as a church. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, we love you. We thank you. And Lord, I pray that you just help Good Shepherd Baptist Church. Lord, I can't say enough for what you've done through, through this ministry in my life. Although, Lord, really, I'm just a, I'm just a recipient of it coming from the outside. But I'm so thankful that you have used, Lord, great men over the, the course of many years and, and great people, great families to be able to, to build something here. And, and it's, not the, it's not really the fact that, that we're all special. It's just the fact that you are a God, Lord, who wants to use imperfect people for his glory, for his honor. And I pray that you'd help, Lord, Good Shepherd Baptist Church to just continue on. I pray that, Lord, as they go through a little bit of compacting right now, that you would just help them to just, uh, Lord, steal themselves and commit themselves greater for your work, greater for your, your glory, and that through that, dear God, this, this church will be a stronger unit that you will use mightily into the future, for, Lord, to reach this nation and to reach many others, Lord, for the gospel 
and for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, it's his name we honor tonight. And I pray that you'd help in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.